All right, uh, welcome back to our podcast series, Extra AI, focused on machine learning and AI applications. This is your host, Raghu Banda. And today, this is the last uh, podcast in the season four. Uh, as you might know, I've been doing some various different conversations uh, in the context of AI, how, uh, and we have discussed with different uh, founders and different partners. Uh, we started the season four with metaverse and the vehicles that are needed to get into metaverse. We talked about AR and VR, and then we had a lot of different conversations in the AI space, uh, whether it is ML observability or ML ops, or whether it is talking about AI, uh, the different tools involved in AI, so on and so forth. So I thought to end this season four, by discussing and analyzing blockchain data in the context of AI. So I invited uh, a guest from Footprint Analytics, uh, Alex Cooper, the community manager from uh, Footprint Analytics, and we will be discussing about how you can analyze blockchain data in the context of uh, AI. As always, you'll find more information at the end of the conversation and I'll provide more uh, details uh, and links at the end of the conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. All right, uh, welcome back. This is Extra AI, a podcast series on machine learning and AI applications. And today I have an interesting topic in the context of uh, blockchain data. How do we analyze blockchain data in the context of AI? And I've invited a guest, Alex Cooper from Footprint Analytics. Welcome on board, uh, Alex. Could you provide a hey. brief overview or a background from yeah. yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, as you guys just heard, my name's Alex. Um, I'm the community manager and uh, BD guy for Footprint Analytics. Um, so I've been with Footprint now for almost a year. Um, and I, before I was doing that, I was doing marketing uh, at some other cities around um, Canada. And, um, you know, I just hopped right into the blockchain scene. Um, you know, I had a little bit of disposable income um, in Web3, about 500 bucks. I sold a car and I threw it right in to, uh, to some investments. You know, I looked at a couple of charts on CoinMarketCap. I thought I was the man. First week, I made 50 bucks. It was going great. Then uh, the next week, I lost 100 bucks. And then the next week after that, I lost another hundred bucks, and I don't know why, but it just got me hooked. Um, so I, <laughs> uh, ever since then, I was just straight up a DJ, and I was right into the whole, you know, crypto NFT GameFi scene, especially. Um, and um, I really took a deep dive because uh, when I got hired at Footprint Analytics in March, um, they. Like I had to actually now learn the metrics, learn why TVL, market cap, and all these different metrics are important when doing your research on if a protocol is going to make you any money or not. And I started doing Twitter spaces and workshops, so I had to really do a quick and thorough deep dive into what is blockchain? What is Web3? Because, you know, how can I even talk about it if I have no idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> right. So uh, that's kind of a little history on me. And I've been doing uh, been going to conferences all throughout the year. Um, in the last two months, I think I've been to five different conferences just in San Francisco. Um, and I've just been absorbing and learning a lot and meeting a lot of cool people in the blockchain scene, especially uh, in the Bay Area. It's a great hub. Learned a lot while I was down there. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of a recap about me. What is Footprint Analytics? Well, Footprint Analytics is kind of your one-stop shop for everything blockchain analytics, right? We have 22 chains. We have over 600,000 NFT collections to do metrics on. I got... The 2000 GameFi protocols are the largest GameFi, or not largest, but most comprehensive GameFi analytics provider out there right now. Mm-hmm. And I got over 100,000 tokens and like 520 DeFi protocols, which is sweet compared to other, you know, analytic providers out there. We do provide the most chains um, and like the deepest level of information. You get full historical transactional data right you can get user uh profile analysis you can do wallet demos and the best part is you can do all of this stuff right you without even having to use sql zero coding drag <laughs> awesome. and drop yes 
I know, I know uh, some of the devs out there that might be listening. Um, you probably love that, man. If you don't have to code, if you don't have to, man, it saves you a lot of time and it's great. So that's what really kind of separates footprint apart from the rest, right? Is being able to have zero knowledge in SQL and mm-hmm. be able to pull blockchain data and make your own metrics, which is super great, right? It removes that huge barrier of entry for beginner analysts. Um, and then as well, we also have an API for protocols and devs that need access data. And we're actually releasing a wallet tracker as well. So you can get alerts um, about your portfolio. If say you're getting liquidated or there's a heavy drop, it's always nice to get an alert. Um, so Footprint's working on that as well. Um, that should be released um, coming up in the new year, which is really exciting. Um, sure. And yeah, that's pretty much my recap. Um, if you guys got any questions about Footprint, uh, or about me and my history, just DM me on the Twitter at Footprint Data or join our Discord. I'll be happy to answer any questions you got there. Sure. Thank you, Alex, for that wonderful introduction. So before we go into the meat of our conversation, I first come up with a teaser question to my guests. So let me put this question this way. What is that one thing that intrigues you so much nowadays with all this AI and blockchain and machine learning going on, what has changed your experience? Meaning in the past, you have been doing things in a different way, but now you realize that, hey, there is a lot of my, even my daily activities that I do have been improvised because of AI, machine learning, or blockchain. Any such example that you would like to quote or any particular uh, example from real life? Well, you know, this is a kind of a, one thing that's really uh, changed and influenced me uh, regarding AI and the blockchain. And it's something that's a bit of a hot topic right now is AI art, especially AI art revolving around NFTs. Mm -hmm. Now I've messed around with some AI art myself. I, I think it's kind of fun, you know, just pop in some keywords and you get a cool image afterwards. Um, But it's kind of a hot topic in the NFT scene um, because artists feel like AI art is stealing from them. It's stealing Mm -hmm. their art because what the AI does is it pulls, it scrapes images across the web that meet the keywords and they put them all together, right? So in a way it kind of is. And now people are bringing AI NFTs into the scene Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we even seen examples right now of the Donald Trump NFT trading cards that just got released. We're mm-hmm. seeing examples now of stock art images in that and small ends and, you know, other um, <clears throat> designs from smaller companies being implemented in these NFTs. Right. And that's not right. You shouldn't be stealing, especially on something that's like an NFT where it's a one of one, right? You own every pixel of this NFT, Mm -hmm. right? So there should be no, um, no, what's the word here? No plagiarism Mm -hmm. on any NFTs, right? And, and AI art is now making the barrier of entry completely removed for people that want to do an nft collection but don't have money to hire an artist Mm -hmm. and they don't have any artistic talent themselves so now ai art is changing the nft scene a little bit right now is it substantial because Mm -hmm. we're looking at trading volume of nfts in the last five months have been but it's still in the context of the community, the community for revolving around NFTs is still huge and the community isn't really liking it. So I've been doing a lot more research and looking into the effects of AI NFT collections on the effects of the rest of the community where, you know, you got real artists making these traits, making these perks um, and making these collections right it's it, it it kind of takes away from the in my opinion the authenticity of the story and what gets you hooked originally into liking a collection or get or the art it takes away from that whole experience of me liking the art once i find out you just typed in a couple of words on the computer mm-hmm. right it's but also i think ai art is kind of cool right but by me me personally, what can I draw, man? I can draw a stick man really well. 
<laughs> I'm amazing at drawing a stick man. <laughs> so for me to be able to make a landscape portrait or picture by typing in some keywords of what I want to see, mm -hmm. it's a good way for me to express my lack of artistic talent um, and show off that, you know, kind of what I'm truly trying to visualize, but I can't actually visualize it because I got no skills when it comes to using a pencil. Amazing. Amazing. I like the <laughs> the great example that you have provided with regard to the AI art and the NFT world. So um, let us take a quick break, come back and get into the real uh, meat of our conversation for today. All right. Uh, welcome back. I'm excited to get into this uh, wonderful conversation around uh, analyzing the blockchain data. So let us first start with this, right, uh, Alex? Could you, for the, for our audience, I think, yeah, we have already talked about some big picture or high level overview, but let us start with some kind of a holistic big picture overview of blockchain and how it is disrupting the current industries. Maybe any thoughts that you could put together? Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll just start kind of like a, what a, a very simple explanation of what blockchain is, right? Blockchain is essentially a set of code mm -hmm. that can provide transactions trustlessly without any peer-to-peer -peer middlemen. So you can do peer-to-peer -peer transactions without any intermediaries. So that and everything, all transactions and everything you do on the blockchain gets built and stacked on top of each other. So you get a full transparent history of every single transaction that's been built on top of the block now <clears throat> when we go and how now how does this disrupt current industries well we you can use blockchain for example to get rid of every single middleman that has ever existed in any kind of service what's airbnb airbnb is a middleman for mm -hmm hotels essentially a room to stay over the night right it's it's a middleman for a uh, client to rent out their room to a customer because they don't have a platform to do it already right mm -hmm. what's a taxi or what's a taxi service that i call when it's 2 a.m and i'm coming home from the bar that's a middleman service of me using someone else's car to get me home Mm -hmm. Right. So by by using blockchain, I can now directly interact with the taxi driver or I can directly interact with the owner of this house so that I can go and rent directly through them in a trustless pure uh, in a trustless way where I don't need anybody to verify it. We trust the code that we trust in the code to do everything correctly. Right. So it's faster. Right. Blockchain is a lot faster um, for mm -hmm. transactions and getting things done. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't need to verify your identity. It's already verified on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Right. <clears throat> or your identity. Right. It's decentralized. Right. So you don't need to verify who you are because everything's just on the blockchain already. All right. You know, and another good example is let, let's say even looking at a government aspect. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say, you know. Now, this is far down in the future, but a good example of kind of the capabilities of blockchain. Let's say in the future, when you're born, instead of being issued, you know, a birth certificate, that's a piece of paper that you can lose, mm -hmm. you get registered on a blockchain. Now mm -hmm. you have complete control of every single piece of information of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if I lose my license, I don't have to go dig out my passport and prove to five different people I am who I am. Right. It's already been proven from the blockchain, right? When you ever have issues, say fraud, if you've ever had to deal with fraud, mm -hmm. fraud is, yeah. have you tried proving to other people that you've been frauded and that it wasn't actually you doing these transactions? Having to do all this stuff to prove who you actually are, it takes a lot of time. It's True. tedious mm -hmm. and it sets you back, right? If I lose my passport and now I have to go and prove to get all my other IDs and go get another, it could take months sometimes mm -hmm. to get True. another one. It's it. We can skip all of this stuff with blockchain, right? And, you know, how is it disrupting current industries? Well, you know, <clears throat> we're disrupting things like, well, great example would be, GameFi, right? GameFi is a example of 
the traditional Web2 gaming industry getting disrupted by people actually owning their assets that they play with, right? Mm -hmm. If I was a if I was a Web2 company, right? And, you know, like, I, I don't know, Regu, if you ever played League of Legends mm -hmm. or know about League of Legends. I play a lot of League of Legends. Mm -hmm. And I've dropped some dough. I mean, I've dropped some coin on these League of Legends skins, right? If I could see, you know, the balance or how much all these NF or all these League of Legends skins are worth, mm -hmm. my bank account would be very happy if I could sell them. But I can't. It, essentially, all this money is just gone with the wind. Now, I play a game like Splinterlands, right, mm -hmm. which is a card trading game uh, or like an NFT card battling game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I open up these packs, just like traditional trading cards like Pokemon and stuff, I own them. And mm -hmm. I can actually go and I can sell them on the marketplace, right? So for me, by being able to at least recoup some of the money mm -hmm. I've spent into a game is a lot better than zero, right? Um, but, you know, right now for a lot of gamers, they're not a big fan of NFTs. Um, now, I don't really know why, if it's just something that you don't want to learn about. I personally think once gamers realize that you can own an NFT and you can sell an NFT, right? It's just, it's, it's so much more powerful than just having a legendary Call of Duty gun skin. If you could sell it, compared to just having it as bragging rights what's the point <laughs> right. so i i want to see like industries like gaming is going to get disrupted especially mobile gaming mm -hmm. right we're going to see industries like the app store get disrupted a lot like app stores and you know traditional middlemen for products to be released don't get disrupted right we've already seen apple try to attack implement a 30 percent nft tax on top of transaction fees already in the mm -hmm. app store because they can right and people aren't so happy about that that's that's disruption right you see solana coming out with their new solana phone that's blockchain based uh, and stuff like that that's going to disrupt the mobile industry a little bit right so i mean well one question there hmm. um, uh, alex i think i have the, the reason why i have to interrupt you is that yes these are some great examples that you have provided and the great the disruption that is happening already in some industries and some industries might happen in the future we mm -hmm. also know one of these applications or one of these applications around crypto right and then we have seen it is disrupting the finance market with the crypto with the digital uh, currency but we also kind of get to experience some of the fraud that is happening do you want to provide some thoughts around that. How is it going to be? I know whenever some new thing or new technology comes in, inherently we do get some kind of, uh, because not all players are uh, valid, right? I think there will be some fraudsters there. And we see that is happening now. Any thoughts mm -hmm. about how that will be taken care in future with the real applications of blockchain? Yeah, and you know what, uh, compared to other industries, blockchain is a lot more harsh for people trying to get into it when it comes to fraud and mm -hmm. when it comes to getting your funds stolen, whether it be through a phishing attack, you gave up your private keys, you just made a mistake, right? right? You right. As simple as that, you made a mistake and now all of your money's gone or right. a lot of your assets have got drained. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, this is going to scare a lot of people, too, that don't know much about blockchain, but there's nothing really you can do about it, mm -hmm. right? It's it's that's the nature of the code. I mean, if it's an exploit that happened because the protocol screwed up, like, say, for example, the FTX issue where they got hacked for 455 million right after they go bankrupt, mm -hmm. that now that that brings into the different because it's still in that decentralized aspect there is no one can be held accountable, right? It's really hard to put somebody accountable because it's all supposed to be decentralized, even though FTX is a decentralized right. exchange, right? But, you know, in the, uh, say, for example, Tornado Cash, which was a decentralized exchange, did you know 60% of all stolen funds in Web3 before they got sanctioned was washed mm -hmm. through Tornado Cash mm -hmm. because it was completely decentralized? And so it makes it very, very hard once you've been frauded mm -hmm. to, to get or get any justice or get any results or yeah, justice 
for getting your stuff stolen, right? There's some protocols, for example, that you can implement into your wallet beforehand. Say mm -hmm. uh, there's one called harpy.io, which is really cool. What they do is essentially if they see that your account's getting hacked or there's a specific or suspicious transaction, what they'll do is they'll actually hack you first and then take your money and put it into a secure spot and stop the tracker or the hacker uh, before he gets access to your funds. They'll do a transaction before his transaction and save your funds. And then what they do is they just take a percentage of what they save. But, you know, it's still better than nothing, right? right? And, but really when it comes to keeping yourself safe from fraud in blockchain, it's like, if we want to keep the principles of mm -hmm. what blockchain is and like what is decentralization and what is having the power back to the people and not having a governance system. Mm -hmm. Well, then people are going to have to learn on how to control their assets and not look for someone else to blame other than themselves when it happens. Right. And that, that, for a lot of people, man, if something bad happens to you. You don't want to blame yourself. Right. Hell no. So, um, <clears throat> That is kind of a scary thing for a lot of people. But then once you realize, but if you realize this first, then you can also realize how to maximize the real benefits of the decentralization nature and being anonymous and doing these peer-to-peer -peer transactions. You can really see the, pow the power behind it, but people need to realize too, when it comes to fraud and when it comes to getting scammed, it's a really prevalent in such a new industry and there's nothing you can do about it. So. You got to be careful, right? We always hear this all the time, Regu. Mm -hmm. Do your own research. Yes. So that is that <laughs> is where I think uh, these tools or these new tools that keep coming might help in regulating this or handling these things much better. I agree. I think maybe let us take a quick um, one step back and understand the evolution of blockchain and my, why it has happened. I know you have put forward some thoughts around it. Do you want to provide some additional thoughts on why all this is happening before we go for a break? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we talk about some applications of blockchain and why it's expanded, especially say in countries or continents like Africa mm -hmm. or you know areas like Southeast Asia, or, you know, even even some areas in the Middle East, right? We look at the stats. How many what how many people in the world right now don't have access to a bank account, but they have mm -hmm. access to Wi-Fi, right? right? How how can people buy things online if they don't have a bank account? Mm -hmm. How can people send money to their relatives in a bad situation if they don't have access to a bank account? Mm -hmm. Right? All the you, you look at the stats of the people that have access to a bank account. But then you look at the amount of people that have access to Wi-Fi. It's right. a lot more people have access to Wi-Fi than they do to a bank account. So this is a great way to help bring um, financial freedom and get rid of the, you know, <clears throat> oppression and the red tape of getting an actual bank account. Um, it, it gives people power to move money or move value. I would say, I should say money, but move value between each other and interact, mm -hmm. right? What else is powerful with the blockchain? Well, now it's starting to bring together like-minded people from all around the world, right? A mm -hmm. perfect example of that would be like a DAO, right? Mm -hmm. We they see all these different DAOs for all these niche topics or um, sports or things to do, whatever. You can have a DAO for anything, right? And what that does is a DAO is if I'm looking for a DAO on analytics, right? I could go, I find metrics DAO. Now I'm surrounded with a bunch of people around the world that are also interested in analytics. Now I can, and I don't have anybody bossing me around about it. There's no, there's rules, but there's no one, one person governing these rules, doing, you know, making executive decisions, right? It's all community-based, which is really, really powerful. Now, going back on the downsides of a DAO, I think decisions move quite slow. Right. Um, they, and things move slowly in a DAO because of the voting nature of moving forward, but it's still great. And it, and it shows kind of, again, the power of 
not having a governance system and showing that we don't really need governance systems in every single aspect of our lives. Right. So the decentralization aspect will kick in there and then you come up with some kind of rules or some kind of uh, protocols yep. that you follow. And that is how you could uh, realistically manage that. That's great. I yeah, think. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, with DAOs too, it's like every new rule the community mm -hmm. has to vote on any protocol right. that you want to introduce the community has to vote on. And if not enough people show up to vote, mm -hmm. well, then they just have to redo it again. Right. Right. So right. It, it's, it's really sh shows the true wants and needs of a community, right? Sure. Because everybody's voting on it instead of just one person making the executive decision. Cause that's what I think is best. Right. I like to compare DAOs to like a homeowners association. Oh, right? right. Right. But without the grumpy old board members telling me what to do, getting mad at me for not mowing my lawn or something like that. Right. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's just a community of people that aren't governed and celebrate their interests together. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I like the way you have um, brought it up. Uh, so let us take a quick break. Uh, and come back and get into the real analytics and AI aspect of uh, this context. All right, uh, welcome back. I know we have been having some interesting conversation with Alex. So Alex, um, I want to now come up with this question about how important is analytics no now we have i know there is a lot of data here so how important is analytics and ai in the context of using a lot of uh, using blockchain data and since there is a lot of data here right like we do a lot of analysis mm -hmm. uh, so could you could you talk a few words about around that yeah, and you know i would like to touch why analytics is actually super important in the blockchain right because mm -hmm compared to say traditional like you know web two companies right we have all the data on the blockchain visible and transparent every single transaction they've ever done there's a lot more transparency in the data that you get um than compared to say a traditional finance company where you have to hire someone to do an audit and then they post their findings right we you don't and then they have to release these internalized documents that only the company can see and then they then in turn only the auditor gets to see that and then they you have to completely trust this one guy or this one institution um seeing these internal documents finance reports that no one else gets to see the public doesn't get to see mm -hmm. and and then you got to trust them that what they're saying is okay right you know so but with the blockchain anybody can go out and do an audit if you know how to look into the history of the transactions anybody can do it and so when coming in now this brings it right back to the data of it right having more trans access to transparent data means more access to more in-depth metrics look mm -hmm. and noticing more trends right and using the ai to notice these trends quickly to compare multiple protocols for a specific definition to find what you're looking for, right? AI is also huge for blockchain trading, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as soon as uh, trend or goal lines get met, um, markers get hit, or uh, AI is also uh, used a ton. Um, now, this is uh, MEV. I don't know if you ever heard of MEV trading. I don't know the abbreviation mm -hmm. off the top of my head, but it's essentially for... People that day trade is essentially high level trading by whales where they do like $10,000 transactions at once to try to make a couple thousand, you know, make 1%, 2%, right? Mm -hmm. Or they try to outbid a certain NFT or asset on the blockchain compared to other people trying to scoop it, right? So you have to use MEV or AI to optimize how much money you pay in gas fees to get to the top of the line so your transaction goes through. That is super, super important. And it's literally the difference between a thousandth of a millisecond compared to another thousandth of a millisecond oh. and how fast you get it done. And, and it's literally these MEV guys are competing constantly against each other. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it'd be like, it'd be like a <clears throat> um, playing roulette with a bunch right. of people around the table, except 
Um, I can go, the guy goes, uh, the dealer spins it, but I can see my buddy's about to win. So I just go and I grab the ball and I put it where I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that would be like MEV um, and using AI to get the, uh, to maximize or optimize your transactions so you can get it for the cheapest price, um, like floor price while getting it for the cheapest amount of gas fees possible while still being able to scoop the asset up. Amazing. Amazing. I like so that's really very powerful. Okay, so now that I think you gave a big picture and a deep understanding about how analytics is very important, uh, could you highlight or explain to our audience about how these uh, blockchain projects are visualized? Uh, okay. Or, or even realized, yeah. I got one word for you. It's called a mm -hmm. dashboard. All mm -hmm. right. So at Footprint Analytics, we have tons of dashboards. I think we have about 5,000 now community-made dashboards on our website. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we take this raw data from the blockchain mm -hmm. and we filter it. Then we summarize it. And then right after we do that filtering and summarizing, you can visualize it in whatever kind of format works for your metrics, right? At Footprint, we have 26 different charts for you to visualize your analytics. You can do it in a starburst um, graph. You could do it in a bar chart, a combo graph, a line graph, whatever you're looking for that makes your dashboard great or for you, you can do it like that. So how are they visualized? Well, you know, when I personally make my dashboards, I will do say market cap, I'll mm -hmm. put market cap as a number so I can see it for the day. And then I'll also do another chart for market cap, but I'll do it as a pie chart, or I could even do it as, you know, bar graph, whatever. But I like to do it in two different ways so I can see the different visualizations of the same metric. It helps me get a bit of a different understanding. I can see the whole day, and then I can go, uh, if I set it for 60 days, 90 days, all time, whatever, I can get a better insight of that way. So you can, and it's cool because you can visualize different metrics in different ways, like I was just saying, right, to help you get a better understanding as well. So visualizing it, it's really, it's up to you. And how mm -hmm. do you want to see your metrics visualized? Because you're the one doing your own research, right? So when you're right. making your dashboard, you should make it for you so that you can understand it the best. So you visualize it for yeah, yourself. Um, and you can do that through just many different ways. We have tons of different options at Footprint for you to visualize and look at your metrics that you pulled. Okay, great. Any specific use cases you want to talk about um, in the enterprise world when we are uh, discussing blockchain? Maybe you can pick up any particular use case from any of these industries. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, what what's a really going to be a really popular use case coming in um, in the next year or so is we're going to see a lot of loyalty programs on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, say, you know, Starbucks has already released something like this for their members for points and stuff like that. It just makes the most sense for loyalty right. programs to move directly onto the blockchain. It's easier to track. Right. You can see the full history of it. So, you know, you have less options of fraud. Right. You know, you're not getting guys coming in with fake coupons and stuff. We can just use my blockchain coupon. Right. Stuff like that. And then once my blockchain coupons used, it's never can be used again. And it's a one of one. Right. Because it's one address for this code. Right. So I it's impossible for me to use it again. And I can't just make one unless I somehow got into the code and generated one myself, which is very, very hard. And I don't know if someone would want to do it for uh, for a venti caramel frap. But <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Loyalty programs and bringing rewards onto the blockchain is probably one of the biggest, um, <clears throat> or it's going to be one of the most adopted models for Web2 coming in. You're going to see it with Lamborghini. Um, you're going to see it with cars as well going onto the blockchain. I think it's very, very cool to do owner's manuals mm -hmm. on a blockchain of a car, right? You know, show that you truly do own this car, right? Because I got the owner's oh. manual on the blockchain, stuff like that, right? You get your, you get, when you buy the car, you get an NFT that's your signature. It shows that it's your car, <laughs> right? Oh. So, 
um, you can, there's lots of cool different applications of blockchain in the real world. Finance, right? Blockchain can be used for, you know, rewards points, right? We're going back to rewards points. What if now I'm able to stake rewards points as well? Now I can hold them up into mm -hmm. a certain protocol and then I get returns. Now I don't think that would be a most popular thing in the world because then you'd have to start dealing with the SEC and securities, but it is an option of things that you can do as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I talked to a protocol. Now, this one was really crazy. You know what they're bringing into the blockchain? Mm -hmm. Are you? Horse racing. Real life wow. horses onto the blockchain. You get naming rights. You, gotta you get to make sure that you know, your horse is being fed. Right. And you actually get returns based on the horse's winnings and stuff like that. So it's really kind of cool. We're now I'm bringing horses onto the blockchain. Are you uh -huh. kidding me? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that is going to a next level, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it's uh, it's really crazy about I think as long as you have an imagination. Right. You right. can bring anything to the blockchain. So it all comes with the creation of some kind of an NFT token. And then that is how you kind of get this ownership. And then the or, yeah, custodians or will have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's it's nice because essentially we're just, you can just bring any asset to the blockchain and prove ownership. Okay. All right. Uh, welcome back. So, Alex, uh, I know we have been having some wonderful conversation. To hold the thought and continue on what we have been discussing, do you have, uh, we don't need to talk about the names of the customers or anything like that for the sake of confidentiality, but any live customer scenarios that you want to explain and how these customers benefited uh, using uh, footprint analytics? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have one protocol that's using our API right now. What they're using our API for is they're looking at addresses that have interacted with a certain protocol in the last six months. And mm -hmm. then they want to export all these addresses so that they can then look at the transactional data of these addresses and translate that into marketing for other protocols. Right. By looking at the full transactional history of your users, you're able you're able to easier 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 identify, you know, your next update, your next moves. You know, let's say for GameFi protocol, it's super important to know what other games on the blockchain your users are playing or what other chains your users are interacting with. Why is this important? Well, my game, I'm not just going to leave it on Polygon. My, If it gets hot and I'm getting users, well, I'm going to move that to cross-chain. I want to move it to Ethereum. I want to move it to BNB, right? But how do I know which one to move to? Mm -hmm. Well, by looking at by looking at our users' data, seeing where our users are, looking at what our users are holding, mm -hmm. I can make better insights into my users so I can make changes that they're more likely to appreciate. Right. Uh, we have another so footprint as well. You're actually able to embed widgets like charts um, right into your website. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have a company like Walkin, which is a walk to earn game on Solana. Mm -hmm. They have implemented our charts directly onto their website. If you go to walkin.io, right under the Google Store play button, you'll see footprint analytics, and then you click it, and it'll bring you right to a full overview of all Walkin's data. So okay. you can look at their dashboard and see right away that, you know, it's a healthy project. And if you know you're a healthy and good project, you're going to want to show off the metrics proven that I am. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have stuff like that. We have use cases. Not only that, we have use cases for building out marketplaces with our API. You can build out NFT marketplaces. Um, you can monitor stake. It really just depends. If you have a data need at mm -hmm. Footprint, really, mm -hmm. I can get you set up, right? If there's a use case where you need data Web3 somehow, well, I'm sure there's a way we can get you set up at Footprint. No problem, right? It just, it's, it's just essentially what kind of data, what, what raw data do you need 
how can we get it as easily accessible for you so that you can then manipulate it for the definitions you want, right? And what's, I guess that kind of what makes it easier or different from the competition is, you know, at Footprint, we make it easier for you to access data, we make it easier for you to manipulate the data with your definitions, and we make it easier for you to visualize and understand this data, right? And it comes to you a lot faster. Um, so, <clears throat> so easier I mean, to integrate as well as easier to realize the value. That's what you're trying mm -hmm, to. Okay. Right. It's like at Footprint, we have like the most data with the easiest to use platform, right? With drag and drop zero coding and being able to do such in-depth metrics with zero coding. It's mm -hmm. very, very powerful. And that will translate to use cases for lots of protocols, right? Uh, and not only this, but people like using our customers like Footprint because they can trust our data is accurate, right? Mm -hmm. We have 97% data accuracy, which is huge. Not only that, but let's say you're looking at NFT metrics or mm -hmm. you're looking at the top 10 collections for NFTs. Right. When I'm looking mm -hmm. at these collections, I don't want to see any collections on there that have been wash traded. Right. Right. Wash trading is huge for NFTs, uh, especially on some specific marketplaces. Right. And uh, when I'm looking at potential investment opportunities, right, I'm not just looking at an NFT because I like the art. I'm looking at it, too, because maybe I can make some money on it. Mm -hmm. Well, when I'm looking at the, doing my research on this, I don't want to see wash traded collections. So footprint actually with our definitions, we have mm -hmm. actually filtered out wash trading volume on our top 10 collections. So you can get a more actual accurate overview of, you know, real healthy protocols, right? I'm not going to, I don't want to trade wash traded collections, right? Because it's just, I know it's FUD, right? It's right. already inflated, right? And, but here's the thing too. Did you know like about 52% of volume right now in mm -hmm. NFTs on Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. It's wash traded. Okay. But did you know 98% of all transactions aren't wash trade transactions? Mm, so I you can know. see it just, it's just a few amount, a few select guys, addresses that are doing the majority of the volume. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. I think uh, I was just kind of uh, surprised. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, so, you know, I, I, I just bring this up because, you know, having protocols, especially user API for NFT data, being able to filter out all this FUD is super powerful for them off the rip, right? So it, it, that's just kind of the aspect I wanted to allude to for the value of, of our uh, footprint to our clients. Okay. So... Yeah, now that you talked about how the differentiation factor and the value factor, uh, a follow-up question would be like these enterprise business software firms, right? Whether it is the work days of the world, Salesforce, SAP, or a lot of these enterprise firms, what additional value? Many of these enterprise firms work on these business software, like you have these end-to-end -end business processes, whether it is in the manufacturing world, digital manufacturing, or whether it is the procurement or finance, the order to cash. How, how can footprint analytics or blockchain technologies help elevate or help, help solve some of these problems or how we can help these uh, enterprise business software firms? Okay, so uh, one of the biggest ones, say for tradition for footprint, um, for traditional Web two companies would be helping them provide research to breaking into Web three. Right? Mm -hmm. We look we look at how much money is locked up, even in the bear market where everyone's still losing money. We still have billions of dollars locked up on blockchain. Right? This is a huge industry that you know, say companies like Walmart, where they're already dominating their current industry, they're untapped. Mm -hmm. You know, so and it's something that these huge companies are looking into, right, because it's just another market for them to make some money on. But where do they start? Where do they look at? Right. They can think of an idea of how they want to break in. But how are they going to do that without the data, without mm -hmm. 
the history of what's going on without getting a full understanding of that niche they're trying to break into. That's how Footprint can help, right? We know, and you also see us um, with a ton of different research reports as well, um, with like companies like CoinMarketCap and CoinGecko explaining, you know, <clears throat> important metrics and why the data is so important for all these enterprises to get into Web3, right? Especially because we have such a wealth of it with blockchain, right? It's everything is there for you to see. You just got to go and grab it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, how can we add value, right? Is you can add value by bringing um, enterprises into Web3, right? We can say uh, <clears throat> you can help, we can help bring analytics directly to your enterprise, right? Why would I have to, why would I want to pay a dev $80 an hour to make me a dashboard when I can do it with footprint in 10 minutes, right? It's so stuff like that brings a lot of value, right? Footprint's biggest value that we bring to protocols is the amount of time that we save them getting the data, mm -hmm. right? By save, time is the most valuable resource in the world. Second, our, uh, right next to data, right? Data, I think there's time is the number one most valuable resource in the world. And then I put the second most valuable resource in the world as data. So by able to save you money or being able to save you on the data and being able to save you on the time, that's a win-win. Beautiful, beautiful. So, and the, for the, the tools with Footprint Analytics definitely eases the journey to get into the Web3 world for any of these enterprise firms. Amazing. I know we can talk hours together on this interesting topic because the whole world is, um, at some point of time, will be moving into some of these blockchain-related uh, applications. But uh, I want to keep this podcast below that 45 to 55-minute limit. So uh, we should definitely have some other follow-up conversation sometime later. But for today's conversation, could you provide any key takeaways and closing remarks from your end for our audience? Alex. Yeah, absolutely. Key takeaways, if you like blockchain analytics, or if you're looking to get into the blockchain, whether it be DeFi, NFTs, whatever aspect of blockchain you're looking to get into, but you don't know how to do it, you don't know your first step, well, come check out Footprint, right? We're releasing 101 courses to help you learn, give you the basics of anal analytics on the blockchain so you can help learn. Like I said, you can make your own metrics without mm -hmm. having to code, which is huge, right? Me, for me to be able to make a dashboard, Regu, mm -hmm. with my super limited technical knowledge, that's mm -hmm. amazing. If mm -hmm. I could do it, that means anyone can do it. So, I mean, or if you're just looking to do some research, research is huge, 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 right? I'm never look, I'm never buying a token of a protocol unless I go over their metrics or a dashboard of that protocol with a fine tooth comb. Okay, I've lost enough money, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I'm not looking to lose anymore. So footprint is super valuable because it easily helps you understand these metrics to give you a better idea. Now, footprint two, I don't recommend just using footprint for your data needs when investing in a protocol. I also recommend you look at their Twitter, their Discord, check out their community and check out the team that is making the protocol as well. Because just because we have all this on-chain data doesn't, doesn't mean it will always give you the full picture, okay? I should put that as a prerequisite. So always make sure you look at some of that off-chain data too when you're investing um, mm -hmm. into certain protocols or you're ready to invest, okay? Um, other than that, I mean, if you guys are interested and you want to see more cool dashboards and interact with our analysts in our community, you can join our Discord. Um, mm -hmm. I can provide regular link for that later. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned at the beginning, at footprint underscore data. Um, I'd love it if you guys follow the Twitter because I make all the tweets. So <laughs> Amazing. if you guys did follow that, it would be great. Other than that, that's kind of my key takeaways. If you're interested in data or if you're an enterprise that's looking for an API service for data, I got you as well, baby. Um, just like I said, uh, get your info from Ragu and I'll be happy, more than happy to set you up. Amazing. Amazing. And it's a very interesting conversation, Alex. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Ragu. It was a pleasure, man. Bye-bye. Bye.
All right, let us now wrap up this uh, podcast 40 at the end of season 4. I would first like to thank uh, Mr. Alex Cooper, the community manager from Footprint Analytics, focused on uh, discussing about how you can analyze blockchain data in the context of AI. So I definitely learned quite a few different things here. I hope this was useful to you as well. As always, uh, I will be tagging my guest speaker in the social media LinkedIn post. Uh, if you have any questions or if you would further like to uh, discuss other topics, you can directly reach out to Alex Cooper or alternatively, you can reach out to me, Raghu Banda, and I can put you in touch with him. As always, uh, you can find more information by searching up the podcast series, Extra AI, Machine Learning and AI Applications, and you'll find a wealth of other podcasts that are linked. Uh, these are available on all the podcasting platforms, whether it is the Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Anchor, etc. I also made it easier, as you might know, that you could go to the website Extra AI, XTRAWAI.com uh, to find the different podcasts from the different seasons because we had uh, in each season we focused on a few different speakers and few different guests and we did discuss uh, quite a lot of different topics the season five we will start in february and we will be focusing uh, a bit on fintech and health uh, health tech and we will be discussing ai in these different fields as well and of course uh, i will also get in some guests in the AI space, uh, whether it is the AI tools or MLOps uh, and maybe some other partners as well. So there is, yeah, there is a lot of uh, interesting con content coming in season five. So stay tuned. Finally, I would like to thank you, the audience, for taking your time and providing some valuable feedback as well as reaching out to me on the various social media channels. You can always reach out to me at my Twitter handle, RK Banda, or on my LinkedIn handle, Raghu Banda. Any questions or any additional feedback or any other topics, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you could also put your request via the website extraai.com. Thank you all. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're tuned in from. And we will come back with more topics in Season 5. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Bye-bye now.